When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in-depth on sports and music topics of the week, featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. Welcome, everybody, to Sports and Things. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. Um, I got the fellas with me. Welcome, fellas. How y'all doing? What's up? What's going on, man? Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the the podcast where we talk about sports and things, things that are relevant to us in the sports world and the music world. We are musicians who love sports. And we love to talk about them. That being said, we're going to jump to the first topic of the day. NFL. Washington football team announced that Alex Smith was available, or was cleared um, with the physical. And then they took down the tweet that he was cleared to play football. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to give it to John and ask the question, what do you think that means? <laughs> like, what, do you think they, what do you think is going on there? What I think is going on is um, they need to talk to Alex and they need to talk to the doctors a little bit more in depth because this is a serious, brutal injury that I don't know too many football players that have come back from an injury like that. You can ask Joe Theismann. You can ask um, who's that defensive lineman that broke his leg. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, this is like a grueling injury. And and the thing about Alex is Alex is he, he's such a quiet private person. And for the first time he actually was open enough to let cameras come in and document his recovery because he wanted to, I don't know if he was trying to show people how strong he was. I don't know if he was trying to, trying to, you know, silence all the doubters, but, I don't necessarily know 
what it means. It, to me, I feel like the uh, people, the, the the coaches in in the Washington football team are just trying to cover their bases. They're not trying to put the car before the horse. Like the doctors cleared them, that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean that you're ready to play. It all it means is that the bones have somehow healed, but that doesn't mean that you can run a play action. That doesn't mean that, you know, you can, you can do a run option. That doesn't mean shit. So, you know, I think Rivera and all the coaches want to see what he can do first, because as far as I'm concerned, Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback and he needs to be the starting quarterback. I, I can't see, I can't see this team fucking up another quarterback situation like they, like they did with RG3. Like they yeah. just, they, they can't, do what they did to Dwayne Haskins last season and then not starting this coming season. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's, and with, that's how I see it. You know? And with that, with that being said, like you talking about the doctors, he got cleared by his doctors, but the doctors from the team didn't right. clear him. So I right. think that's why that tweet went up and they pulled it back down. And like you said, it's, it's a very gruesome, like I, you, you read the reports, the reports clearly said that like, if like his wife was saying, I think it was his wife that was like the surgery after he got done with like it was seventeen surgeries, it was seventeen surgeries, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. and it was like they compared it to like being hit by a bomb. Like his leg was like shattered, like he got shattered. Hit by a bomb. Yeah. yeah. So how do you even get to a point where you can even consider playing football again? You know, like I, I, I mean, I, I jokingly talked about like how it kind of looked like a when um Dennis Quaid's character came back off of any given Sunday, <laughs> he came back off the injury, and then the first time he got out there and, and play, he ran out of bounds because he just yeah. you know, he got that that fright. Um, yeah. Right. So yeah, you know, it's, it's it's interesting, you know, like and that, like you said, that injury ends careers. Like it ended Joe Thousand's yeah. career. It ends, it ends a lot. Like leg injuries are, um, they're brutal, man. Yeah, they're brutal. They're and they, really they, they, brutal. They take people out. So uh, you know, so like, I don't know. I don't know if even if you have the mentality to, to get to a point where you can mentally be okay to play and be hit again. Like you know, what I'm saying like. There's no amount of money that's worth you out there like risking your body at that point. He's 36 years old, so like he's already mm -hmm. on the downside of his career, you know, being a being a thing. So like, why risk it? You know, like not only that, but he's nearing the end of his contract with yeah. the team, and yeah, yeah. Dwayne is just starting out, and and you know everything that that Haskins showed last season with even with all the turmoil with the GM and the former head coach not knowing how to coach. But I thought Dwayne was was decent. Yes, he did throw a lot of picks. Yes, he did he did look lost, but he's he's a rookie. And I saw an extreme amount of potential. We're talking about a guy 36 years old who's nearing the end of his contract with the team and is coming back from a severe broken leg. Like this team is not about to put themselves in jeopardy and and to 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 start him. As far as I know, I think I think it might be the end. As a matter of fact, I I really do think I've, I've been listening to Alex Smith talk in press post game press conferences, and I think they should consider making him a GM because he's an extremely smart football player, and the way that he talks, I, I just feel like he would be a great general manager. Yeah, I think he might be great going into the office immediately. Yeah. Even if, as like a quarterback, like coach or like a, you know, I would I, I wouldn't put him on. I wouldn't even risk putting him on the field at this point. Like, why would you risk after 
I mean, you say the number 17 and surgeries in the same sentence. It's like, why would you even risk that? <laughs> like, what are you yeah. risking that for at that point? You know what I'm saying? Um, it was a yeah, life just not worth energy. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah life yeah, threatening. Yeah. Why would you risk yeah, it? Yeah, clots. Yeah, all kind of stuff going on. Yeah, so it doesn't even seem like it's worth it. Like, you know, like to, to go out there and say you like you can do it again, like okay, yeah. You can run if you can run a forty, you can do it again. You don't gotta go out there and prove that you you can you can get hit and play football with the best of them. Like you you've done that for sixteen seasons. Like it's you gotta know when to hang your hat up at some point, you know. And, exactly. You know, it, it, I think it's commendable that he worked as hard as he did to get back into football shape. But at the same time, sometimes you gotta know when an injury is like the one that you have to like hang your hat on and like walk out the door, you know? So. Yep. Yep. Agreed. But, you know, in his mind, he probably still thinks he's better than maybe 5% of the quarterbacks. I can still, you know, I can still do what I need to do. If y'all protect me, we can win a game. I mean, he probably is. If you think about it, think right. about all the other quarterbacks, right. he probably is. But right. – He's risking his life. <laughs> going back life but yeah. but the argument is you risk your life every day. Yeah, I mean you have you have pre-existing conditions. Yes, that, <laughs> like in this, in this, in this scenario, though, you have pre-existing conditions that <laughs> might make your injury a little worse if you get hit. You don't have a pre-existing condition. You are a pre-existing condition. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Come on, man. Right. Uh-huh. You're right. But but I, can, I, mean, I can see. Yeah, I can see him. I can see him playing because um with everything going on with covid you don't even know how the the season is going to work as far as like abbreviated or what so that's just it's not going to work they give them reps it's not going to work so you go ahead and play this so that way we'll save our money on the guy that we really want to play when we actually have a legit season now that i could see (laughs) it's like a long it's a long ass preseason yeah. At the end pre-season of the day, season. Alex Smith is guaranteed $16 million whether he plays or not. Exactly. We do wish Alex Smith, like we do, it's commendable that he worked as hard as he did and we do yes. wish him all the best. That being said, I don't think he should play. I don't think, I think the general consensus is maybe he should not play. Maybe he should look into another avenue of football. But it's really hard when you've been doing football or doing a sport oh, your whole yeah, life. Your life. Yeah. And you, and you literally you. you literally weren't able to walk off on your own. Literally. Yeah, yeah. You somebody tells you you have to hang oh. it up as opposed to like you being able to walk away and like do it yourself. So I think it's commendable. We wish them all the best. We're gonna move on to the next subject, which is slightly different, but it's still football related, which is the NFL one hundred um released their top one hundred <laughs> players. And <laughs> obviously, the first two, Lamar was number one, and uh, Russell Wilson was number two, and at number four, um, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if you guys who was number three. Uh, the guy from the my guy from the Rams. Um, what's his name? Uh, oh, Jared Goff. No, no, not a quarterback. The no, no, not QB. It's not a QB list. Yeah, Pace. Defensive end. Yeah, I mean, not Pace. Um. Man, what is that? NFL? Oh, are you talking about the uh, the linebacker? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Howie Long, son? No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Don Donald is it Donald? Yeah, Donald. Yeah, Donald was number. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was number three, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes was number four. And when it came out, uh, Patrick Mahomes issued a tweet of him like taking notes. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's like you know, I saw that. 
So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna throw it to Jay. You think that was you think that was fair? You think that was a fair assessment of the top five or top four ranking? Um, fair is is not possible with these lists. So <laughs> it's 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 never possible. So you're not gonna please everybody. If they gave it to him, it would be like, well, whoever wins the Super Bowl and the MVP, they automatically become number one next season. That's not really how it works. They they try to want they want to make you think they're doing a little more research. My take on it is with the amount of weapons that um, Mahomes has, he doesn't have the same uphill battle that Lamar and Russell have. So they're going to give them a slight edge. Also, you, you play in mind games as well. Like, you know, you, they know they're not ahead of him because he got the ring last year. He knows they're not better than him because he got the ring last year. So it's kind of a motivating factor on both sides, I feel like. It's just trickery. But, I mean, I think if Lamar had the weapons that Mahomes has and if uh, – Wilson had the weapons that Mahomes have, it'd be a whole different argument. But you can't argue that. And then we also talk about individual players as opposed to teams. I mean, it's not a team. It's not a team ranking. It's individual ranking. I would put Mahomes ahead of him individually. But that's not what they're going to base their entire uh, decision on. Is this, is this the top 100? Is this a, of 2019? Or well, the, the, list how far? Is, the list is it, it's, it's 2000. Uh, 19 going into 2020. So the rankings come out from what they did to Pat the previous year. So it's, yeah. it's, man, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, yeah, if you think about <laughs> it. So can like, somebody, can somebody like, please remind me what was the last professional football game played? Uh, what, what was the last game that they had? Who played in that game? The season culminates in a bowl that is considered A bowl super. that's very super? Yeah. Yeah, yes. and who played in that game? Any of the people we talk about played in that game? But here's Lamar, here, I'm, 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 hold up, Lamar I'm gonna I'm play. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate though. He it. He in 2007, it. in 2007, uh, the Super Bowl between the Giants and the Patriots. The who? We, the Giants and the Patriots in 2007, uh, the 2007 yeah. season. Would you put Eli Manning above Tom Brady, even though he won? Eli Manning won the Super Bowl. Well, you mean like in the top 100? Yeah, of that year. I would not have. In that case, no. Because Eli would, Manning won. I would remember, never remember, remember Eli Manning that year, he was Didn't undefeated he on the road. The entire year, he was undefeated on the road. And you that mean was the, the Giants, same. The Giants were undefeated. <laughs> but. <laughs> not, that's, a, that, hey, that's an important but, distinction. Yeah, yeah. But the not Eli, the Giants. <laughs> but the Patriots were undefeated up until the Super Bowl. So, I mean, but also, also with this list, I think there's, you know, there's, there's always like, well, it's going to be 2% this, 15% of this is, is weighted on it. I think it also comes down to resume. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mahomes' resume is still a little short compared to Lamar, definitely short compared to Wilson. But, I mean, the real argument is just between Lamar and Holmes. I would. That's really it. Like Wilson, Wilson has more—not so much accolades, but he's just got more experience to where 
they're going to look at him like, no, he's probably a better quarterback. I mean, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't put Brady in the top five, but Brady really has the done only, nothing. I'm going to tell you the only thing that I would change on that list, I wouldn't put um, Aaron Donald third. I would have put Nick Bosa third. Not even that. I would have put Mahomes third and Nick Bosa after that. I don't know what, what, what number. But I do agree that Lamar and Russell are one and two, and Mahomes comes after that. So because so here's just, the self- just, ba- just yeah. based on the stat, the stat, like Russell Wilson was a beast last year. I mean, they well, started it, off. You know, slow, Russell Wilson man. is like also he's also like underrated. He's one of the most underrated, underrated quarterbacks, quarterbacks yes. in the history of quarterbacks. Like legit. Yeah. I call yeah. him. I personally think he's a murderer, but you know that's just later on <laughs> when he gets out and when he gets done playing football, so, he might have something going on. But he's a, he's one of the most underrated. Yeah, football players of all time. Like, and he he consistently puts up numbers. He's consistently making his teams better, and he's always touted as like the dude that nobody respects as like the guy who can put his who can win football games. He wins football. Games. Right. Oh, Russell Russell Wilson has done it over time again, again, again. I mean, he's yeah. he's done this yes. for a while. Unlike yeah. the other guys we're discussing, the other quarterbacks we're discussing in this conversation, Russell's been around and he's been he's been doing it and doing it and doing it. But mm-hmm. a full disclosure here, a self-disclosure, I should say, I'm not as hot on Lamar Jackson as most people are. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I might sound like yeah, I might sound like a hater, I might sound like whatever, <laughs> but like he's good, right? And he's athletic and he does what he does, but time will have to tell what I'm saying. But I think that if I were building a franchise, I would rather have a Patrick Mahomes than a Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, with the running and all that stuff, he can throw too. I know he can, but the, all his style of play. Actually, is, he can't. He can't throw. Have you seen him whoa. throw? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, Wait what? what? Have you seen Lamar Jackson throw? Yeah. He can I mean, throw, man. His, his numbers, nah, his numbers suggest that he can throw. He his has Jackson. good re- He has good receivers. If you actually watch him throw, he he even admitted by part, saying this. Part, he said, but, he, he but said, his receivers aren't as good as Mahomes' receivers. That's the argument. I think it's part. I think it's it partly has to do with the receivers and the type of offense that they're running in Baltimore. Oh yeah. Which I which I guess is kind of similar to what they run in Kansas City. But Lamar is has admitted that he is not as, as good a thrower as he wanted. Because wasn't Lamar a wide receiver or something like that? Running back. Yeah. Running back. That's what it was. He was a running back. And then so, when he came yeah. into the league, and they came into the league, they were trying to make him a running back. You if know? you actually watch him throw, he throws lame ducks. I mean, them joints is wobbly. They're not accurate. He's gotten better over time. But um, I think for what he's done, I think he's been extremely impressive. Even even if you take out his legs, like if you take out the, I mean, the leg. Would you say would you say Vic started the same way? Context, though, just for context, <laughs> last season, uh, Lamar's numbers were he was 265 for 400 completions and attempts at 66 percent completion, 7.8 yards average, and he averaged uh, 113.3 QB rate. So, in 36 yeah, I mean, touchdowns and six picks, that was his numbers last year. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, but if you it's, if you take his legs away from him. He doesn't get those kind of passing opportunities. I mean, us DC That's folks what I'm saw saying. that with RG3. When RG3 right. lost his legs, the passing dropped right. just because 
Um, he wasn't able to create those opportunities by keeping the defense off balance with the running yeah. threat. Um, but yes, so if I'm building the team and, and you know, you guys know I'm like a traditionalist with sports. I, I, I like lean more towards the position, the way that that like the running back runs, the receiver catches the ball, the quarterback passes, you know, and it's cool that Lamar runs, but if I need a guy in that pocket playing quarterback, I need the, the passer. That's the, that's the number one thing I'm concerned about. The, the uh, scrambler and the rusher and the playmaker is a nice to have where the passer is the, the key skill. And so, so Mahomes ain't nobody. The league hasn't seen nobody like Mahomes throwing the ball since like Aaron Rodgers. You know, like true. just the way he puts the that's ball true. in there. So I don't know. Maybe we need to see more Mahomes. I don't know. That's really what it boils down to. That's why. And I like, think that hey, we'll give you number four. We haven't seen enough of you yet. We can't I think that over time. I think over time, uh, uh, Mahomes and Jackson, you're gonna see a separation where Mahomes goes to places that Jackson. Uh, you saw. I, I mean, think, he's, he's, he's I don't think Jackson's going, going much further. Notes. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think Jackson is going much further. Um, I'm not saying not as from a winning perspective. I'm just saying from a gameplay. Like what you saw from him last year, which was explosive. That's what you're gonna get from him. I don't I mean what. Well, what That's more? What he okay, does. So, what more can Mahomes do? <laughs> what more okay. does he need to do? <laughs> listen, listen. What more does Lamar need to do? There's a there's a there's a, there's a um, there's an interview on um of, on Patrick Mahomes where he talks about how long he's actually been playing a position of quarterback, wow. and it's only been that. about four years that he's been yeah, playing. I saw that clip. He's like, I'm still learning the position. And, and just just a quick note, uh, the correction on Lamar Jackson's stats. He had an 81.8 QBR rating, but that was also number one amongst quarterbacks last season. So it wasn't 113, but it was it was 81. But that's still he was still top rated, a top rated uh, QB passing rating. So you know, I guess the argument or the the question becomes, or well, I guess Trey hit it on the head. He's like, we have to wait and see as the years go past. If my my thing is like, I think defenses they can strategize against players like Lamar. Eventually, they'll find a way to kind of take the legs away, so to speak. Like, with RG, RG3, like, you know, I mean, he came in and he was explosive. People didn't know what to do with him. And then by, like, towards playoff time, they kind of figured out, like, if you just let him run out, you, you it's, it's almost like basketball. Like, you let that player score his 30, and then you just worry about every. If you block everybody else down, he can get his 30. And they're still gonna lose the game, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta. They, if they start to strategize against a player like that, and he only has one or two things he can really do well, it's easy right. to shut that player down eventually. Yeah. And with Patrick Mahomes, he can he finds ways. He he's almost like John Elway in a sense that he just finds ways. Oh, yeah. I think a better comparison would be Brett Favre. Like he just finds ways right. to get the ball out of his hand into yeah. his players. You know, it's like. If you got a guy, and that arm is incredible. Yeah, he's got. A, I mean, he was a baseball what player. What he can do with that football, exactly. Yeah, he, was a, he was a pitcher. If you got a, if you got a guy that can right. always find a way to get his get his open players the ball, you always have a chance to win a game. Like you know, and I think that's where the argument comes in. Like we start comparing quarterbacks, and you know, and granted, they they all nobody's had like more than four or five years in the league at this point. So it's like we're talking about. You got to see the pedigree of their work as time goes on. Nobody's a 10 years vet at this point. We're talking, what, 
Lamar is uh, he's two years in at this point. Uh, Mahomes is what four years in. He just he just restructured his his um his rookie mm-hmm. deal to get like the big payout. So we mm-hmm. have to wait and see what these guys can actually do in these offenses. I think the scary part about Mahomes is that he's saying he's still learning how to play the position. So if you can do right. all that and you're still learning, that's the scary bit. That's the scary yeah. bit to me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, and it makes it it makes the challenge. I think I think it's cool to have them challenging the the system and saying, you know, I can do better than everybody else. If you give me an opportunity and you give me the weapon and you give me the protection, you know, and if yeah. you don't give me the protection, I, you know, if I, if I have to run, cause Mahomes can scramble too. If he, if he got to get out there and run, he can get out there and run and like put up some numbers. He just is a drop back quarterback first. So he's always thinking pass first. And I don't know what Lamar's thinking. You know, Lamar looks like he's thinking, get the ball out as fast as I can to whoever I can. And if I can't get it to my, I'm just going to, I'm going to take off yeah. and run. So you know that's that's um, what we are with that. Yeah, and history, history, um, history supports um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, um, I th- the thing you touched on about the uh, scheming against um, Lamar Jackson, he, he got he went crazy. But uh, once uh, somebody, some coordinator, picks up on his tendencies and is able to box him in, then all the rest of them are going to jump all over him and. He's in trouble. Yeah, Mahomes man, it happened, is not happened, something it that happened you in the playoffs. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Mahomes is not something you can scheme against. Mahomes is just a good quarterback. I mean, you could try to scheme against it, but that's going to—I mean—he's going to give you problems, yeah, uh, yeah. regardless of your scheme. Uh, so, you know, Mahomes has the uh, has the, has the upper hand there, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you guys know my opinion. Uh, I think that these things are made the way that they're made in order to get people to click on them yep. and to get people to talk about them. So yes. we're, uh, we're, we're, we're helping them make money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next. We're supporting with the that, system. With that being said, we'll move on to the next subject. Trace, next. Trace the, like the next button. All right. Uh, uh, with the players opting out before the season even becomes a, a, a real thing, uh, we had six players opt out on the Patriots. Um, you have all these players opting out with the pandemic kind of looming. Um, wh- what do you think, Trey? Like, what do you think? You think I, well, I already know what you think. I just need you to tell the people what you think about the, the season, whether the season is actually even going to happen yes. with the players. Yes. So Roger out. Goodell is going to opt out. Annabelle <laughs> <laughs> is going to opt out. <laughs> so, I mean, like, Good point. we're looking at baseball. Um, and I think baseball's handled it well. We'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, cause I think that I might have a colleague here that disagrees, but anyway, um, the, uh, the NFL, I mean, we have six Patriots that have opted out. We have multiple players that have opted out. We have one Washington football team player, uh, that's not a starter, but he opted out. I just wanted to say Washington football team. I'm sorry. Um, and, um, you know, I think that the opt-outs are going to continue. I think that, I think we touched on some of this stuff last week. Can't really remember, but I think that the, the, the amount of people that an NFL team has to travel with the whole quarantining, all those people and screen, it's just, I'm sure they will do the best they can. I'm sure they will do a good job, but I just don't think that with that volume of people 
and the traveling and stuff is something they'll be able to contain. Um, you know, I, I just and and the and the way the sport is played, the amount of contact, the close physical contact, and you know, the I, I just I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna, they're going to be able to do it. I mean, they may start the season, but I don't think it's going to last long if it starts. But see, that's what they're doing in baseball, right? That they started the season and then players are getting sick. But baseball has that system where they can just roll players in. NFL doesn't have that same type of system. Right. You got players just kind of sitting in the wings waiting to play. But and, you know, I mean, no, you do. You you have practice squads, but the other thing that baseball has is not as many people games. as baseball. That's the thing. We can reschedule games and can do double headers with baseball, whereas you can't you can't do a double header like that. Oh, we'll just play that game next Sunday. Yeah. No. And my, my argument would also be about I mean, you do have players in like the practice league squad, like and everything, but like the practice in squad were like they're not they gotta come in and learn the system. They gotta come in and learn that playbook. Yeah. They've been doing a different playbook, you know, just to yeah. get them football ready, NFL ready. And, and it's not that many too. people. Like not that baseball people. has a way bigger <laughs> a system of people yeah. than a practice squad in the NFL. So uh, football requires a lot of personnel. And if you get something like where the Marlins have 18, 19 people, you got a problem. Pretty it's going to be a very bad offense. You, you got a problem. <laughs> like, like it's 20, baseball it's can I replace can 19 people like that. <laughs> they can go to the farm league and book, bring them up. Um, but honestly, with baseball, I think that they've done a pretty good job isolating I mean, the the issue has pretty much been isolated to Miami to this point. Um, there's something developing in Philly that we're not sure about yet. <laughs> so may, might want to hold our breath a little bit on that. But, um, you know, they they detected it. They isolated it. It seems like everybody's fine. The initial report out of Philly was Philly came out clean. If they don't, I mean, whatever, because they're taking the precautions there, too. Um, if I think the challenge comes in where if this happens too frequently, then the reschedulings get difficult because, you know, God is still going to provide rain to the earth. So there will still be rain reschedules and all that stuff that always happens anyway. And we're in a shortened time frame, So, um, we'll have to see, you know, it's just going to have to see how these things turn out. And, um, yeah, so Miami's the first up. I think it was handled well. I think uh, Fauci even commended baseball and said that they don't need to cancel, that what they're doing is good. And uh, he's a baseball fan, so maybe he didn't give his, his true medical opinion. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think that they're doing well. I think the challenge, like with all sports, is that the NBA has a bubble. No other sport does. And the NBA knows where – LeBron, Kawhi, or whatever, where they went after the game and what they did. Whereas with football, when these people leave the stadium and they go home, what did they do? What yeah. what what did they take part in? So even if they do all their testing and they do whatever to keep the league clean, these people and their families and the people that they're connected to, though their decisions impact exposure and then they bring that back to the clubhouse. So it's it's kind of hard saw, to contain. I don't know if you saw the uh, story that the Rams have um, put out of, about how they're dealing with everything. They have yeah. trackers on everybody, so they have trackers on everybody, so they can tell. Like you're basically, as as the reporter put it, you're basically low tech. So well, we yeah, can tell 
And, but it looked like that was when, only when they was in the facility. That's what it seemed like to me as well. Like you get that when you get to the facility. Now, right. obviously, back to your Not point, outside. what happens with you around your family is a completely different animal. Yeah, and in the NBA, they wear the bracelets, so the bracelets let them into everything. They get tested. That's daily. a Disney thing. Yeah, but like they get tested <laughs> daily, and then the bracelets tell them whether or not you test positive, and then you got to use your bracelet to get into in and out of the facility. They say if you test positive. You can't even get into the main. All oh, the doors lock on you. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just. Click, 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 click. Like, hey, wait, 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 wait. Like gun store, gun store, looking for a gun store. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like you know, it's interesting, like you know, with, with the way that works, because like, um, especially, especially when you move into like uh, how baseball does it or how baseball is gonna do it, it's it's super interesting. Um, and we we don't know at the end of the day. We we still don't know. Um, they don't know how to handle it, and players aren't showing themselves to be that responsible. <laughs> like you, you mean they weren't responsible pre-pandemic. So like you add a pandemic and nobody's really like showing. I mean, Take most of the players are. Most of the players are, but like a lot of them, you know, they they're just like ah, you know, you know. It, I mean, it doesn't. But if there's no bubble, like what if, you know, a, a player's wife has a, um, uh, a uh, I don't know, what women do, like a, a nail or a beauty party or something with all her friends and has people over, you know? I mean, this player lives in the house. I mean, like when, when yeah, you don't no, no. have that bubble where you have some kind of control over the, the, the exposure, you don't know what people are bringing back. Even if yeah. they're not doing it, they're people they're connected to could be doing stuff. Exactly. We we could just See, hope my, that. Go ahead, John. My, I was gonna say, um, I was gonna piggyback off of what uh, uh, Trey was saying about how the MLB has kind of had this under control. Um, there were two reports that came out out of Philly that that two two players on the Phillies tested positive. Um, so as a result of all the positive results, they've had to cancel games. At first, first reports were they were going to be postponed, and then they canceled it. The uh, matchup between the Yankees and the Phillies, they said that was postponed. They decided to cancel it. Now there's going to be more Phillies games canceled. And you're talking about an abbreviated season. With that many games being canceled, not postponed, you're now running into a situation where teams are not going to play the same amount of games. So now... What do you do at this point? What happens if there are more cases? If more cases come out, I don't see them coming. I don't see them continuing on. Um, even if it does seem like they have it under control and that it's only, it's, it's only been isolated to Miami. And, but now we're seeing some reports in, in Philly. Look at the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays played their home game in D.C., because Pittsburgh didn't want to host it, and Baltimore just played Miami, and they didn't want to go to Baltimore because Miami was there. And it, I don't know. It was, it's just a lot of crazy scenarios that are going to cause this whole thing to just start to. I just see it, it's like it's like building a house on sand, and I can just see it slowly crumbling down right now. So I don't know how safe it's going to be in these next couple of weeks. I mean, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the standings and <laughs> like Miami is number one in the NL East because they only have one loss. 
but they've <laughs> only played three games. Everybody else has played seven to eight games. You know, the, the Nats are three and four. Uh, the Mets are three and three, but, you know, Washington's in, in fourth place in the division. The Mets, the Mets are in third. So it's, it's now becoming more and more convoluted. It's like, okay, well, now who has the best chance to win to win the playoffs, which, you know, I know, Trey, that, that was going to be your question, but. Um, well, yeah, I, it, it, I, you know, it's funny. We can segue into that from this because yeah. with, with players testing positive and people not really knowing what that means long term for the season, like which team, which teams really have a good shot at getting into the postseason and making a like a making a legitimate run at winning, winning, winning the whole thing. I mean, you know, the Dodgers are still dangerous. You know, the the Dodgers are definitely still very dangerous. Even um, without Joe Kelly? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> only eight games. Hey, man. It's only eight games. I'm, it's only eight. I just became a Joe Kelly fan. They only playing 20, though. I was a Joe Kelly fan last night. <laughs> I became, yeah, I just became a Joe Kelly fan because, I mean, anybody who throws at the Astros, I don't like the fact that those players got immunity and, you know, snitched on their manager or whatever, and then they got all. Plus, um, he helped us. He helped us win Game Five of the Division Series by giving up that grand uh, slam to Howie Kendrick. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. Thank you, Joe. Um, that Dodgers series was tough. It to me, it was tougher than the Astros series. But I, I, we won't talk about last year. But anyway, um, so of the Dodgers, um, you know, I'm. There's a, there's a lot of teams that are – well, not a lot of – there's a couple teams that are good that I don't want to give their props because I have personal uh, issues. But the, the, the um, Angels look good, um, you know, in the, in the uh, AL uh, because, you know, you got Trout and Rendon out there. Um, I didn't even want to say that. But anyway. Um, yeah, but their pitcher uh, last night did not play well. Who's this, the, the Japanese guy, uh, Sh- Shotani? Uh, oh, I can't remember uh, his name. He did not play well last night, uh, according to um, according to what I saw, and he's been having issues the last couple of seasons um, as one of their starting pitchers. He's just he's he's been giving up a lot of runs. He doesn't have control of his specialty. He's got like this special pitch that he's got, and he's been losing. And they're control currently losing losing to the Mariners as we speak. The Mariners um, of all teams. By the way, the yeah. Mariners are the only team in Major League Baseball to never get to the World Series. Before last year, it was, it was Seattle and Washington. <laughs> Washington and Washington. So, um, <laughs> oh, well. You notice my hat has gold trim on yeah. it, right? So, uh, <laughs> hey, that's a nice hat. Trey, um, what you think so, about the Yankees, though? Of course, the Yankees are going to be in the mix again. Um, and unfortunately, the Trashros will also be in the mix because they weren't – like, if you're – if you're if, – if the cheating that you did or the violation that you did has to do with competitiveness, then the penalty should reduce your level of competitiveness, you know, to, as, a, as a result. And MLB failed to do that. I mean – you you get rid of the manager um in the GM and but you replace the manager with Dusty Baker. So it's like, oh I mean AJ Hinch is <laughs> AJ Hinch is good, but so is Dusty Baker. 
Yeah, so but Dusty like Baker, they... I'm going I'm to disagree with you because Dusty Baker can't win in the playoffs. We've seen that. Yeah. He can't win in the playoffs. That's why I was not mad when, they, when the Nationals fired him. I was not mad. He has a history of losing in the playoffs all the time. He's got, he only got one World Series win when he was a lot younger back in the 90s, but that's it. So. Well, with that being said, Astros self-destruct because nobody wants to see them win. Can I, with that being said, can I get a final round of who you think is going to take it? Uh, uh, so in in the National League, uh, so my answer is if the Nationals don't take it, the uh, <laughs> the Dodgers in the uh, National League and in the American League. Hmm, I'll go with Yankees. Okay. I'm going to say in the American League, I'm going to say Tampa Bay because they looked phenomenal last year. They got hit with brutal injuries towards the end of the season, and it caused them to to get knocked out. And in the National League, I'm going with Milwaukee. I thought the way that we beat them was very, very – lucky <laughs> i hate that to say it but then that wild card game that was just i'm not going to say it was 100 luck but they didn't have christian yelich who's their best player on the team if christian yelich played they would have they would have kicked our ass so i'm gonna say milwaukee and um tampa bay in the world series all right john I said John J Hill. Whoever yeah. doesn't have COVID, <laughs> <laughs> nobody yes, wins. That's nobody wins. <laughs> Everybody has at least one. I'm actually thinking Nets are gonna do it again. Repeat. Wow. I, I I I believe. I believe. All right. Yeah. I hope so. Well, only time will tell. We'll have to we'll have to see how the season plays out with the. The sixty game, it's sixty game season, correct? If I'm not, if sixty I'm not games. Sixty games. Yep. So we got sixty games to see how they're going to do. Um, yeah, I mean, if we can stay in it, we provide some decent hitting and run support. I mean, we our pitching will keep us in. The pitching whatever. is 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 good right now. Yeah. So we just yeah. need to get the yeah. bats going. So. All right, all right. Okay, moving on to the next sport. We got uh, first. I'm gonna do stats with the uh, Pelicans and the Jazz. The game was one hundred six to one hundred four. Uh, in favor of the Jazz, um, they they won on a, the last second with uh, Gobert hitting two free throws at the end of the game. Um, highs highs was uh, Brandon Ingram had 23, uh, Drew Holiday had 20, uh, Reddick had 21, and uh, for the Jazz you have uh, uh, Mitchell had 20. Oh, oh, oh you skipped Lonzo. <laughs> Dang. Yo yo. <laughs> Yo, whoa! Okay, you want to hear about Lonzo stats for the day? Yeah, what was his line? What was his line? That might be that might be a subject for like how we just how we just bash this. These are are Lonzo's numbers for for the day. He had four points on two of thirteen shooting. (laughs) Oh, oh of four from the three point line. Oh of two from free throw line. He had a plus Ooh. minus of minus negative eight. Yo, that's Four gotta eyes. be that that's gotta be a new thing 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 on the show now. We gotta yeah. call it Lonzo's line. 
Lonzo's line, yeah. He did have seven <laughs> assists, but he also had three turnovers. So, <laughs> God. Um, uh, good day for um for Zion though. He had thirteen on six to eight shooting. Um, yeah, and he was he was bullying like he normally does. Um, Brandon Ingram is the one that's kind of showing himself to be like the 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 golden nugget of that team. Yeah, he's the one that's kind of like you know. I don't know if you guys saw KD. He commented. He wrote like number fourteen is going going in. Like, yeah, so it's like, he he's the one that you're gonna. I think he's gonna be the sleeper for for that team. Um, and the Lakers are still playing right now. Um, in terms of like their score, I think they're down. Um, oh no, yeah, the Clippers. The they're player, down by one. They're down by seven, one. Seven, seven, lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis has thirty two right now. Um, let me see the full box score. Uh, AD got thirty two. Thirty two. Sheesh. Yeah. LeBron got nine. Those are man. He's um, a ball. He's a problem, man. He yeah, must be going yeah. to the free throw line a lot. And Paul George um, has twenty, and Kawhi has twenty two. And uh, Reggie Jackson has 10. Um, so, with that being said, NBA season has officially started. I don't know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, I, I have a suggestion. Um, how about we change Lonzo's middle name to Did Not? Oh. <laughs> wow. Never did. <laughs> Love never did. <laughs> never did, yeah. Never that's did. It. That works too. All right, all right. So excited about the NBA season started. I will yes. start with a bit of controversy with uh Lou Williams not being able to play today because he's in 10 day isolation because he attended a strip club. Oh. Uh, Jay Hill. <laughs> you have been to a strip club a day or two in your life. <laughs> I have indeed. The question is, was it worth it? Uh, well, um, unlike, uh, well, contrary to belief is what I'll say. Um, you do go to the strip club in the South, uh, for food. So he couldn't really, you know, satisfy the hunger without those wings. So, you know, he had to make it do what it had to do. Now, whether that meant he indulged in some of the additional, um, surrounding activities in the club, that's a whole different animal. But either way, he, he may have took it as, hey, since I'm here, I might as well get my money's worth, literally. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it is one of those, you know the rules, you're supposed to be here, you can't, you can't go past this invisible wall, now you gotta sit for 14 days. I understand the, the justification, but I think the only real reason that they're making it so, uh, so much of a news story is because of where he went. Like, if he said he went to Walmart, it'd be completely different. You know really? I mean? it'd, no, it'd be, it'd really? Be, Walmart's yeah. no good. <laughs> I mean, like, if, I'm just saying, like, if he said he, he went to cluck you. No, he, just, he, went, he went to cluck you. you know? He went he, to he cluck you. <laughs> but, you know, it's a little different than, than um, I'm just going to get some food. Where are you going to get this food? So. Didn't I mean, another ball player come out and say he wanted to go? He wanted to go to Magic City to get some wings. I know one of the yeah. commentators was talking about it. Yeah, the commentators. Yeah, it was, it was some commentators. Yeah. Man, 
It must nah, be some pretty good wings, man. The guy, on, the guy on Sports Center, he he gave us the he gave the full rundown. He's the Lou Will. I think they called the Lou Will lemon pepper, and yeah. he gave the prices and the different options, all flats and all drums for two dollars more. And I mean, like he he broke it all down, and it's like, oh shit, let's know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's just a mess, man. What you an know, idiot, I, man. I, you know it's. When you when you only have a certain amount of games to play, and your franchise kind of depends on you to come off the bench or to to get yeah. into the rotation where you are a very integral part of their offense and their defense. You're the, you're the six man, man. Like come and on, like and you 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 make that decision. Yeah. I, I can't speak for him whether why he chose to do that. I know um, it must have been kind of disappointing for his teammates not to have him, especially tonight going up against the Lakers, who they've been going back and forth with the entire season, you know, and to not have a weapon that you can use as right. a bona fide weapon, right. you know, has to hurt that team in some regard. And it, because it, you wanted a wing. And they needed a wing. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things where you have to, you have to like really take into account what my role is on this team and what I mean and what is, what is it worth for me to like go out and I mean, because if he really wanted the wings, he could have sent somebody out to get the wings for him. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's it's not a, you know, I'm pretty sure Magic City has like an Uber Eats or something. Like, it's not, like if, they, if it's that immaculate, they got to have drivers coming in and out of that place getting wings and tipping strippers. Considering you know you're in a quarantine bubble, maybe exactly. I shouldn't just be stepping up in a social venue. Well, Kenny, Kenny Smith on TNT tonight said he went in to get wings and came out with legs and thighs. <laughs> yeah, it's, well. it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to do uh, to make that decision. I mean, and granted, ten days in the NBA is a little different from like ten days in like I guess baseball, where you're playing games like every day or every other day. Like they get a couple of days in between for practices and stuff like that. And but it has to hurt your team in terms of like your camaraderie and how you guys are. I mean, these guys are just getting back together and they're just trying to get back in the flow and then you're going to have to take them right. out of the rotation and then put them back in the rotation. And not just one game. I mean, yeah, so it's like you got to figure that out. So, you know, it's it's super interesting that uh, he made that choice yeah. given the situation yeah. at hand. Yeah. Um, I hope that it doesn't... I, do, I hope that it doesn't affect um, the team long-term. Yeah, because, you know, it, it could definitely be one of those things where they look at it and, you know... They, you know, they could pull them out the rotation totally at this point. And you're like, hey, look, we, we got a better fit without you, which I, mm-hmm. I doubt will happen because, you know, it is still Lou Williams we're talking about. But at the end of the day, it's like once they get into a groove and they, if they log into a groove like that, you, we don't we don't know. And they, they're not playing as many games as anybody else. So, it's like, they have to – all these games count. Like LeBron was talking about, like, this is, this is like playoff mode right now. We're in playoff mode now. We're in championship mode. Because, you know, right. all these yeah. games count. They're playing each other out of the bubble at this point. They're playing teams out. Right. So, this is just a preseason, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you got to gotta be smarter about the decisions you make. Um, and, you know, it, it. he's not the first player to make a decision. I mean, you had players leaving out, you know, for family emergencies. They were calling them family emergencies or whatever they were calling yeah. them. Um, we don't really know. Uh what those instances were and you know they let them players come back in but even those players who come back in like uh zion just came back in he had to be 
like self-isolated for a couple of days just to make sure that he was straight before he can even meet back up with the team. You know, yeah, and sure. luckily he got back in time to make the game opener and, you know, to be productive and to make an imprint. They lost, but his presence was still felt. And I think they felt Lou Williams, is, or they're feeling it right now that Lou Williams isn't on the court to be that additional score and defender, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, it's it's one of those we'll things. See, we'll got, see what happens. We'll see what the ripples end up. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's it, you got you got. I mean, they got they got Kawhi and they got they got uh, PG thirteen, but you gotta also feel like every team has to have like a, a squad at this point because you got players. Teams got their two players that are like pushing the team, but like without the bench and without the other players, you're not going to make a really good run at the playoffs at this point. It's anybody's game at this point. Like it's any, everybody in the in the bubble has a shot at winning a championship at this point. Yep. Even with the favorites in there. Like no. you, you got sleeper cells in there. The Wizards don't have a shot at winning oh, a championship. Gosh. Dude. Nobody's Dude. playing for the Wizards, man. Like, Dude. <laughs> only Jay. Just saying. You play. Jay's the only one. This is why you play the game. It's, it's possible, it, man. Is Hachimura playing? Is he playing? Yeah. Okay, he's playing. He's the star. Him and Troy Brown, that's their team. The, the, the big three is... Hachimura, Troy Brown, and Ishmael. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, they'll be home. They'll be home soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They already home. <laughs> they'll they be home. The bubble is about one. to get bursted. They got, yeah. they look, they standing in their 2K players to play for them. They got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just, they done out here. They done out here. So, all right, moving on to coaching. Uh, Tom Thibodeau signed his uh, five-year deal with the Knicks. Um, I guess I'll start. I'll ask Trey. Do you think this coach first will make a difference with this franchise? And it's a two-part question. Why does he get a third chance at being a head coach when we have a lot of qualified black coaches who don't even get a second chance at coaching or head coaching for sure in the league? Okay, so <laughs> number one, will he make a difference? I think Thibodeau is a good coach. Um, I think that he did well in Chicago. I think that he did not do much in Minnesota. So I think going to the Knicks, who I consider the Red, ooh, uh, the, the Washington football team of the NBA, um, <laughs> had prominent... Oh. Great that's, history, that's, storied franchise, oh, but he's not wrong. Has lost all of their ability to manage and run an organization. Um, he's got a coach in that mess that's been going on up there, and I think that there'll be plenty of mediocrity. I don't think it's going to be great. I don't think it's going to be bad because I think he's done well as a coach. So I think he'll do pretty good as far as his job performance, but as far as success and outcome, the environment that he's in, the dumpster fire that he's coaching in will result in some sort of meteorocracy, some sort of somewhere in the middle, some kind of bleh, you know? So. So no banners? Nah. But how many, how many years, I mean, he signed a five-year deal. How many years does he get before they reevaluate I don't AKA know. See, they, they, they run through they run through coaches just like the Washington football team does too. 
Um, so I, it's, it's start, it starts it starts from the top. The 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 biggest their, their biggest issue is the owner. This is the same guy that had does Dan Snyder own the Knicks now? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it seem like he does? He's leasing them. <laughs> but this is the same owner who had that issue with Spike Lee. This is the same owner who had the issue with Charles Oakley. The guy does not know how to own a team. He he's running that team into the ground. And unless the league somehow gets him to sell the team, I don't see the Knicks winning anything for a long, long time. They can't even get – I mean, they got – I thought they had, they had a good draft pick, um, the kid from Duke, but they don't have anybody around the kid. They have nobody around the kid. Tom Thibodeau doesn't have enough to work with. Yeah, you know. I, don't, I don't see and, – and then so the question at a second part, um, so, um, you know, there's a problem in the NBA. There's a problem in America about, you know, black men getting opportunities that we deserve. Um, and so there's no surprises there. It's the same thing that's in corporate America. That's in everywhere you go. Um, you know, somebody like Tom Thibodeau, he's a good coach. He deserves his shots and opportunities, but there's brothers who don't get that same type of, uh, uh, you know, those type of shots and opportunities. And um, the exception would probably be Doc Rivers, but he had to win an NBA title to get that exception. Like, it's oh, not like he just got true. it just for being a good coach. He won an NBA title. So, I mean, like, that's what you have to do in order to get the – so you compare Doc Rivers to Tom Thibodeau. Doc Rivers has had the same amount of opportunities as Tom Thibodeau. But Doc Rivers has had to hit the pinnacle in order to get the same amount as a decent coach over right. here. So what about Alvin Gentry? He's been around yeah, for a minute. I mean Bickerstaff. You got you, you got, you got, yeah. You got people that's qualified. Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're not getting yeah, yeah. Patrick Ewing at this point. Like he's they're he's, not getting uh they're not getting the calls. Yeah. They're not getting the call. I mean, this is not I, just a basketball think, thing, though. I think they will, no, though. Sure. I think I think things are about to change. I think you're going to start to see. Uh, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of. Um, uh, I'm, I'm having so much trouble with name the uh, commissioner of the NBA. Um, Adam, Silver. Adam Silver. Adam Silver. I'm a huge fan of him because I think he understands what needs to be done, and he's just trying to he's just trying to tiptoe his way through it so that he does it the right way. But I yeah. do see things moving in the right direction for black coaches. Um, I think the last league to get it done will be the NFL because of the commissioner. But uh, I think overall, Alvin Gentry wants to see more diversity all around. I think he wants to see more uh, black owners. He wants to see more black coaches. Um, and uh, the other leagues are probably going to follow uh, going to follow suit. I think baseball is really the only other sport that has a diverse managing um, managing staff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, only time will tell. But I think this year is is going to be the turning point for a completely different look at how society is being run. No, we can we can definitely help with so. I um, hope so. I mean, we've yeah. been told that before, and uh, right, we'll <laughs> see. True. Yeah, 
and, and uh, yeah. like in terms of in terms of the Knicks roster, uh, John, you know, Thibodeau does have he does have some pieces to work with. You got um, J.R. Barrett was the guy from Duke. Um, he has uh, uh, Taj Gibson, who's who's a certified veteran at this point. I like Taj Gibson. Mm-hmm. Taj Gibson's been around. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's one of my favorite at this point. Like they, that boy jumps out the gym, and he he's he's proven. That he can, he's a defensive anchor for that team. Julius Randle, um, another defensive anchor, um, and and Dennis Smith Jr., who since he's been traded, since he got traded to the Knicks, hasn't really put up the numbers um, that he was projected to put up. But the whole point of him going was like he was supposed to be, like that New York was supposed to be like his turning, like his 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 ground or like his stage to step up. And Kevin Knox the second, so they got. They got some players there. Like, you know, can Thibodeau make them gel to where they become like a like a, a certified threat coming out of the East is where we we have to question. Cause is that coaching, is he a good enough coach to get the players that he has to elevate his coaching and to elevate their games? Or is he gonna be proven that he's just an average coach? Who had the opportunities afforded to him that other coaches have not? Yeah. I, I give him three years. Three. They give most coaches three years. They say five and they give him three. Yeah, so I give him that's, three. That's about. That's about. Say, yeah, the question they is: Is who lasts longer, bad. him or Rivera? Mm. Oh, oh, Rivera for sure. I was about to say that. I think Rivera lasts longer. Yeah. That's that's a, that's 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 a, that's a no brainer. Like R- Rivera's yeah. here for another twenty years. He's here. He's like he he moved in. He got he said twenty. <laughs> he's here. He's here. No, he's he might here. be right. He might be right. He he's the new Bruce Allen. No, he's the he's new here. Marvin Lewis. He's here. He Man, came. He's gonna be nothing like Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Marvin Lewis only stayed here for a, a, a season. <laughs> he's like, hey, what what are y'all doing? No, nah, I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter I'm out. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a return ticket just in case. Like, I, I what's got, y'all's I'm name? No, 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 never mind. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. We don't know what our name is. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? This is Dennis Turner. Just want to let you guys know where you can find us online. Instagram and Facebook is at Sports and Things. That's at S P O R T Z underscore A N D underscore T H I N G Z. On Twitter, it's at Is Sports. It's at I Z. S-P-O-R-T-Z for the latest updates on the Sports and Things team. Now back to today's episode. All right, moving on to boxing. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones' fight is scheduled for September 12th on pay-per-view in Trilla. Arguably the biggest fight in boxing right now. I want to know you guys' thoughts about two retired professional boxers having the biggest draw with the Way that the sport has been moving, and with all the the prime fighters or the prize fighters that they have, is that it takes two retired boxers to revitalize or like rejuvenate the sport of boxing. We'll start with Trey. Um. So we're talking about Roy and Mike, right? Yep. So, um. I mean, we kind of touched last week on boxing and kind of how it 
you know, kind of lost its uh, uh, kind of just prominence because of the whole, like, I guess, the greed of the pay-per-view market and all that stuff. So it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't accessible, really. Uh, um, so this is kind of a flashback to that era when boxing was a little more accessible. And so you've, you're, you're just pulling out two names that everybody knows. Like, if I go to my mom and say Roy Jones and Mike Tyson are fighting, she'll say, what? You know, or something like that. Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, I, I think it's a good marketing, you know, um, uh, approach. Like, it, it, it gets people's attention. As a matter of fact, who among us is not going to at least want to see what happens? That's a very good point. I, yeah. I, um, I think, uh, uh, I, I think what's going to be interesting is at what point during the match will both of them like? Is it going to be a situation where, when that bell rings, does Mike come out swinging hard? Switch. Or are they going to be? Of course. Are they both <laughs> at the age now where they're just going to kind of like figure each other out for the first three rounds? And then, you know, the next couple of rounds, that's when they start to go at it. You know, I mean, these guys have, these guys are in their 50s now. And we, we've seen the video of Mike Tyson. We know he's still got it. And, and all of us would not want to get in the ring with him, even at his age right now. But my only question is, how long is it going to take before we see that Mike Tyson go at Roy Jones? Like, is it going to be immediate? Is he going to start going at him, and then he starts to get I'll take tired. right away. I don't I think Mike knows any other uh, any other so, style. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Agree. So yeah. here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think is a little different. Um, back in the day, like you were saying, as far as you being able to tell your mom Roy Jones and Mike Tyson fight, she's going to be excited. We we also used to have more celebrity boxing matches. This, in a sense, is a celebrity celebrity boxing match because they're not active in the field so that's where the whole um we can spin it as we're just doing this for charity we can spin this as we're just doing it to to bring attention back to boxing um i don't think it'll be as competitive as we think because neither of them will i believe recover from anything that could happen the same way if they were in their 30s. If you get hit and hit the canvas this time, you might die. (laughs) 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 You know, so so I don't want to really put that up against your forehead. So let's just throw some jabs. We'll clinch, you know, we'll 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 have we might we might do some shenanigans. We might even have the fan guy dropped in because he dropped into one of my fights, you know, once before, you know, when I was fighting outside, I had the fan guy just drop in. So you don't think it's going to be that serious? I don't. I don't think it's going to be that serious. I think they are. I think they are seriously like. I think Mike is serious though. I think Mike is serious. And I think Roy thinks Mike is serious too. Roy, Roy said a statement. He was like, he feels like Mike's going to come at him and I don't know if you guys saw the statement that Mike made about to his kids. His kids made issue the statement saying that their dad needs to like hang it up. And Mike responded, My kids can't fight. Neither one of them can beat me in a fight. <laughs> it's like, 
he's like, my kids are suckers. My kids are punks. Neither one of them are even fight. They need to shut the we, hell we, up. They don't talk about. We can go to the garage right now. We can go to the garage. Listen, we can move down to the table right now, and I can take you. I know he didn't say that in my house. He was in my house. He said that. I'm gonna go get him out of his room. Hit the intercom button. Tell him to come downstairs. Like, so you know, my my take is like. I think once the bell rings, it, it it does something to a person who has trained for that bell to ring their entire life. Like once you, you can't, I, it's one of those things where I feel like if one of them gets hit, everybody get hit. Like if one of them like throws a real punch, then it becomes a real fight. Now it is an eight round exhibition and it is on pay-per-view for 50 bucks and people are going to be paying to see them to get a show. To get a show. Exactly. When does the show show element become like a real deal thing? Like who has to get hit? Like, I'm gonna agree with Trey. I think think Mike's coming out the gate. Like the way way that he looks when he's training is like he's training to win a belt. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Mike is not Floyd Mayweather. Like Floyd even said in his, um, uh, like uh, his post conference when he fought Conor McGregor, that he intentionally toyed with him in the beginning yeah. to yeah. give the people, but he was yeah. promoting his own fight, so he wanted to yeah. give the people what they paid for. Exactly. So he exactly. drug it out. Yeah, he's a like professional to, boxer. He could have dealt with like, this dude. He drug it out. Yeah. Mike Tyson like back, don't think back, like back that, to what man. You were saying, yeah. Trey, back to what you were saying, Trey. Tyson was robbing people of money. People were not buying Tyson fights because he was going in. In the first minute, mm-hmm. in the yeah. first, mm-hmm. in the second round, and Mike so don't care. Fifty dollars? Why am I paying fifty dollars for this? I'm not. But Mike don't care. Yeah, but like, I don't think I don't think he cares. He does. Mike don't care. He does Mike, not care. Mike fights also were on on regular cable TV back then too. Like his earlier fights were just yeah, yeah, HBO. Showtime. So yeah, you didn't HBO. have to pay to see those fights. You just you just you saw the undercards, and then you just kind of expected Mike to end the fight within two rounds. You know what I'm saying? So like, and and even to what what Trey just said about Mayweather. Like Mayweather and the, the Conor McGregor fight, they drug out for. I think that fight went like seven rounds or five or seven rounds before he like he like let McGregor kind of gas yeah. himself out, and then he ended it. But yeah. the next fight that he had, the exhibition fight that he got, I think he got like three or four million dollars to fight that Japanese kid. He put that boy down like a round, like and it was yeah. an exhibition fight that nobody saw. And he's like, I'm not out here yeah. about to play with this kid. I'm put this kid down and go get my money. So it's like, <laughs> like, like you Do we know anything about the specifics as far as pay? Have they have they mentioned anything about the specifics? As far I as haven't payday? seen anything about like, the is money. There any? Okay, um, because it's it's a charity event, so I'm pretty sure they're getting okay. whatever yeah. they're going to get. But they're trying to raise money or yeah. awareness or money for awareness or something. So they won't disclose how much they're going to pay the fighters to fight. Now gotcha. that's not to say that they don't have a guaranteed purse. Um, I know it's not based on win or losses. It can't be at this point because it's, it's not even it's an exhibition, so it doesn't matter who wins or loses. But yeah. we're talking about just the the raw. Comp- the competitive nature of both fighters like they're yeah. both training to get hit like so it's like if they're training to get hit somebody's going to get hit <laughs> it's like yeah. you know and then when you switch it like how do you switch it off at that point like how yeah. do you how, do you, how yeah. do you go from like oh we're just playing to like you hit me no <laughs> i believe that mike's biggest oh, motivating man. factor is not the money it's not anything but he wants to feel like iron mike again yeah, because he had that meltdown. He, he had that meltdown on that yeah. on that uh, interview. Yeah, he, like just he misses wants to it. Feel he misses fighting. 
He wants but to he's, feel like he's that guy again. That's all he knows. A lot of interviews recently that that are painting a different Mike now than the than the pit bull off the leash as every comedian, every regular person knows him to be when he just came in with black trunks and barely a towel on, like I'm ready to fight. He's a different Mike from that era. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he is in the ring, if that Mike still exists, or if he is truly, I don't want to say transformed, but I guess adjusted to more of an adult. It's going to be a different day. Mike. Because he said sure. I was a kid. Yeah, he said I was a kid. I didn't know him better. Yeah, but, it's going to be a yeah, different Mike. But we, we're talking about the mentality of a fighter when you put the fighter back in the ring. Like him, wow. him, him growing as a person, has nothing to do with the four corners <laughs> that you put him into yeah. when he gets it in. Like, we'll just do like space listen, in the canvas. I'm a very nice guy. I'm going to kill you. Like, if you step in there, like, out here, we can go to brunch, we can go to lunch, we can go to dinner, I take it to the movies. You step in there, you are mine to eat. <laughs> it's, it's, like, like, it's like, for real, I think it's like the big three. I think it's just like Ice Cube's the big three. Like, yeah, you don't yeah, record. For sure. I don't care if I'm 45. I don't care if I'm 55. I can still shoot this three in your face. Yeah, and those cats ball. Those cats ball to injury. A lot of them yes. get injured in the big three, and it's like they they're fine with it because they sign those waivers to play. It's like you yep. know, I because I I still want to be able. I've only done this. I've been doing this since I was a I was a kid. I've yeah. only known this, and this is and then when you take it away, at I mean, the reality of like pro sports is a lot of pro athletes don't even make it to their 30s. To, to really play as a professional. Like, you get three, maybe four or five years as a pro before you, you get tapped out. And the ones who do make and By the way, point, this is a good-ass game right now. Oh, the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, when you, when you do make it to a point where you have put in 10, 15 years into your sport, that's still not a lot of time. And then you still have the rest of your life to kind of figure out what you want to do next. But you've only done this. So, like, how do you tell somebody who's only thrown hands to not throw their hands anymore, you know. And <laughs> the argument, the argument, and I think that's what he's missed. Jab more, no? jab more, Mike, jab more. No, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they, they were asking him about like, you know, he's seven years older than Muhammad Ali was when he fought yeah. his last fight. But Mike, Mike responded, "I didn't get hit as much as Muhammad Ali. Right. Like, I didn't take as much damage. I mm-hmm. gave out that much damage. I didn't take as much damage. You know, and I retired a lot." sooner than Muhammad Ali did. Like, so he didn't even have the years, the, the wear and tear on his body hasn't been affected by, you know, having a, a longer career than, like, going past his prime and still trying to maintain a fighting pedigree. So I think we we might see that coming forward because he has something, he wants to show out, especially with him starting his own, like, his own league at this point. Like, he's like, I'm starting my own league too. Like, I'm starting my own thing. I want people to know I'm still as competitive as I was when I was 20, 21 years old and I was the heavyweight champion in the world. So it might be Roy Jones who catches the brunt of that, but Roy Jones isn't a slouch either. Like you be talking about Roy Jones, like he can't take a punch and he can't give a punch. Like they, they're right. both accomplished <laughs> fighters. Now, that being said, they fought in two different weight classes. And when Roy went up to heavyweight, he came right back down to super light. Like he came back down to the heavyweight. But like at the same time, Roy is wearing he's wearing a different weight at the age he is now. Like he's he's more accustomed to being a heavier fighter or being a heavier person. So he probably knows how to manage that weight a little bit more. I, I think 
like Trey said, I think we're all tuned in to see what happens. Like I'm yep. definitely going to get it just to see if if nothing happens within the first three rounds, I'm good. But if something pops off within the first three rounds, I'm like I'm sticking around to see the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, so, predicting, sure. I'm predicting four or five is when is when it's going to turn into a real event. Four or five. During the time of social distancing is a great time to do a pay-per-view event because you may anticipate <laughs> less people together, pulling together to, to watch the, the event. Yep. yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. With that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to uh, a situation that happened in the ring last week that we all saw. And, and it's going to be a segment called seven seconds with uh, Estrada <laughs> where I want you guys to take seven seconds and talk about what you would do in the event that you were in the ring with this young lady who demolished her opponent with seven punches in seven seconds. Uh, who wants to go first? I don't. I, I think we're all going to have an interesting answer for this one. I'm just I'm curious at this point. I'll go uh, first. I, I can guess. go first. I, I can go first. All right, go ahead, Jay. I noticed there were, I believe, three body shots and four uh, upstairs. So I think uh, my strategy would be to not turn and run, but definitely, definitely pressure her to the point that she can't get hers off first. Okay. That's what that I means, that means. That means you're walking into the fury, though. There you okay. go. <laughs> okay. But I'm okay. swinging. I'm walking in swing. I'm not walking in defense. So I think, I think she thought the same thing, and then she her hands just didn't move. She's just like, right. <laughs> right. So you said, "What would we do if we were if we were that that opponent?" Yeah. In those seven seconds. So yeah. what would I do before or after I pee my pants? Um, <laughs> key. That's key. I would like a little first bit of all, <laughs> my guard would not have been down like hers right. was. Uh, I probably have to use the Mayweather uh, logic and just bob and weave, uh, and then Open find up. the nearest exit. Find the nearest exit and go get some pizza. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. I, don't, I like my face too much. Oh yeah, I'm going with a waist tackle. Waste tackle is my strategy. I like it. <laughs> Waste tackle. This ain't MMA training. Sean Taylor style. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Pow! Take you mean all-star game? All-star game, yep. uh, Sean right. Taylor? <laughs> Waste okay. tackle. I'll, I'll go last. If I had seven seconds in the ring with this lady who demolished her opponent, I would immediately punch her in the dick. <laughs> 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 It's gone. Like, Punch her in the dick. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. It's, oh, it's, it's, yeah. On that note, I'm out. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you don't need that. You don't need that. And she kicked me in the ding ding. <laughs> so I punched her in the pussy. <laughs> I kicked her in the pussy. All right, so moving on, moving on, because we got to wrap this up pretty soon. We're gonna we're gonna move on to music. Uh, so we all know that Megan Thee Stallion got shot. <laughs> <laughs> why is why are we laughing? I don't know why. Guys, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. But she also 
Um, <laughs> the question the question lies. We don't Who shot know, it. Well, how many people were in the car? Who got arrested? Who had the illegal gun? Who discharged said legal illegal gun? And who uh, who didn't say something as an end result of this discharge of the what? Like, I don't know enough about the situation to. It, it, it's so vague. It's like it's very vague. Know. There, nothing is there. There's nothing that's been clarified. Nothing is clear. It's just she was shot in the foot after a, dis, a dispute with uh, with Tory and. Um, it's not even a dispute. They're not even saying that word. Like they're, they're I, I feel like there's so many people not wanting to say anything because of an investigation standpoint and just because of the fake code standpoint, you know what I mean? So it is one of those, like, what are we doing right now? Um, Is somebody going to be responsible for this? We're going to need, like, a forensics expert or something. What are we waiting on? Like, is this CSI? Yeah. Trajectory of bullets and stuff? This is going to be a CSI episode. It is. It really is, though. The the thing that the thing that I don't understand is why it's not getting enough coverage. Like people yeah, are not like, talking about this. Right. How he he went to he went to jail for the Tory Lanez went to jail because he had the gun in his possession. Right. But right. he's not being charged with discharge um this um discharging the gun with the intent to harm. Is, is Probably my, because the victim is not cooperating. Yep, there we go. That's the code. So, okay, so she won't snitch, and he won't go. But he goes to jail, but he won't go to jail because she snitched, basically. So there's several theories going around. One theory that I read was he was upset with how she uh, interacted with someone in in, at the party or something. At the party, yeah. But nothing has been confirmed, and I don't know if we ever will get any confirmation until there's like some sort of court proceeding. And then they unseal documents. You know what I mean? Like that's the only. It seems like that's it's the crazy, only man. time we're going to get any information. It's, it's weird, very man. crazy. It's like super it. weird. And just it's to update, uh, the Lakers just beat the Clippers one hundred three to one hundred one. They put the straps on them on that last play. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was some defense. That rebound that um, what's his name had that was that's that's what kept him in the game. The kudos the to the Lakers for that last play with game. LeBron, where he got his own rebound and put it back. Yeah. Good up to the Lakers for winning that game. Defense on this play. That's thirty-four points. Thirty-four points. Told you, man. Who had thirty-four? AD. AD. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um. All right. So we we I guess we're all in the general consensus about Megan Thee Stallion not snitching on who shot her in the foot. Although we all know (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty evident she got shot in the foot. By a dude that's Both. in jail now. <laughs> that's so oh, yeah. weird, man. It wasn't just the pinky toe. Okay, he didn't. He didn't want to hit people nuts. with garbage cans. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, quick! Come All right, on. Next, next subject. Snoop says that masterpiece saved his life. Now I don't know if you guys read the article or not, but I did, and Snoop, I watched the interview. Yeah, he was. He was saying. He was saying that you know he was having a. He was. It was at a point where he was kind of like in like a a feud with a Suge, and he had wrote this record called "Fuck Death Row." Fuck and Death Row. Mac Ten, 
Mac Tim was going to produce the album. He's going to pay Snoop to put this record out. And by chance, Snoop ended up in New Orleans at a studio session with Master P and Mystical, and they got him to get on a song. And then Master P asked him, you know, what you working on? And he's like, oh, I got this record called Fuck Death Row. And he was like, you're never going to see that record if you put that, you're never going to see that record. Yeah. They're going to get you yeah. if you put that record out. So it winded up that all of Snoop's assets, his houses, his cars, were all in Suge Knight's name. And yeah. uh, Master P flew him down to New Orleans, set him up, was like, you know, recorded with us, got him out of his deal with Suge, and then in turn, like, saved his life. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know if you guys heard that story, but all right. I think it's super interesting, like, that, uh, you know, he's telling that story now, you know, especially, like, he's always had, like, this, he's always taken this approach to Suge, like, Suge is a good dude. He's misunderstood a little bit. Like, he has his rough edges about him, but, like, you got to a point where you were actually going to make a record called Fuck Death Row, you know? So, <laughs> like, what is, you know, it's, it's, it's hindsight 2020 now, because, like, you know, he's an older dude, like, he, you know, everybody loves and reveres Snoop and, you know, for what he is. So telling this story now, it kind of feels like leading up to like a book and or movie deal. Like you start to tell these stories about yourself and then people are like, oh, that's an interesting story. Tell us more. And then it becomes like the Snoop Dogg story or the Snoop Dogg book. Like, mm. so what are you guys thoughts on, you know, the relationship between Suge Snoop and Master P because I don't think that Master P and Suge had any beef like from what I can recall um, I, I'm not familiar with any beef but you know um, Suge had a tendency to alienate a lot of his uh, his protégés and his uh, his pupils if you will if you will because I, it got to a point where um, you know a lot of the artists wanted to become independent because they just didn't really like how he was he, he was running things. And in order for them to become independent, they would have to do things that were seemingly, um, uh, I guess, difficult to do. Yeah. Um, you know, he made it very difficult to leave him because he didn't want, he wanted to be the, he wanted to be the winner. And he wanted to have everybody on his label. Once he had everybody on his label, he didn't want them to leave. But as soon as, you know, Tupac threatened to leave, as soon as, uh, I think DJ Quick was one of the first people to leave. Um, you know, Quick, I listened to an interview where Quick said he was not afraid. He was not afraid of uh, Suge Knight. And I think Suge Knight knew that. So um, the fact that he was so intimidating is what made things so, it was just very tense. Um, and maybe he was misunderstood. Maybe there were some things about him that we don't know. Maybe there's like a mental illness in there somewhere. But, um, you know, Snoop has had a tremendous, well, I mean, he almost went to jail for life for murder he said he didn't commit. Um, and then this whole death row thing, it's, it's hard, man. It's 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 hard when money, the love of money, is just wants to take over your life. And when someone has the money to give you, like Suge did, that's a death wish. You know, pardon the pun of his uh, record label. Yeah, I mean, it's more it's more so about him literally wanting to 
see the golden goose and own the golden goose for life. There is no way out of this. The only way you get out of this is I kill you. Like that's it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's really it. Like, cause I'm not, I'm not letting you go. Like, I'm not just going to let you walk away. So mm-hmm. what's your plan B? Cause you can pay me, but the money that you're going to pay me is really not enough. So I'm going to need like the other thing that uh, Snoop mentioned when he did his, um, when he had his deal with Master P, he thought Master P was going to want residuals from every album oh, for yeah. life. He's like, nah, you're free to go. Do what you want. Yeah. Start your own label. Go back west. You can do whatever you want. And yeah. that blew Snoop's mind. That yeah. doesn't feel like Suge at all. Suge is like, yeah, wherever you go, I don't care if you leave death row and go to Columbia. Everything you do in Columbia, I get 1%. I get three <laughs> points. I don't care. You that's know, very, that's I feel like that's so how like he's going to strong on That's how he's going to structure any deal with you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very much like the Warner Brothers approach to how they treated Prince. It was like, yeah, you can't you can't get out of this deal, bro. No like, matter what, you you don't even have to put out records. You, I'm gonna put out records for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm gonna put out records of stuff that you don't even want to have out, and we're gonna make yep. money off of your name. Like you, yeah. oh, and by the way, you can't even use your name anymore. Your name is, is out. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's super it's super interesting, man. Like you know, Trey. Yeah. So I mean, I think. You know, first thing is um, how many witnesses does it take before a story is true? You know, I mean, you have countless accounts of Suge Knight um, using, um, you know, physical harm and violence and the thereof to to <laughs> to uh, 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 get what he wanted and to to um, have influence over his artists and. Um, I mean, the record label is called Death Row Records. I mean, it's a gang mentality right. from the jump. It speaks and, for you itself. Know, with gangs, you don't quit a gang. You blood in, blood out. You die out of the gang. You know what I mean? So, like, um, it, it, you know, I believe it. You know, it's, just, it, it's not, it's enough people, over time, enough people have told the same story about this guy where it's like, yeah, he was running this, with the same gang mentality, it's always the narrative. That he would have ran the street, the yeah. And yeah, um, and he's from the street. He never left the street, really. He just, yeah. he just incorporated yeah. the street. Basically, he he yeah. LLC the street, if you will. <laughs> he was like, right, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna run this business. How I, but in, in his, I guess in his defense, he had a very lucrative business, you know, and especially for him. And it's like you don't want your artist to kind of go away. And at the end of the day, as an artist, you know, as we all know, when you sign these deals, you have to read the fine prints of the contract that you sign. If you don't, you you could be signing your life away, you know, like you could be signing away your masters. Yeah. Signing away. You're not outgrowing me. That's not yeah, yeah. And so when you go in there and say, I want my masters back, and they say, Well, actually, hand you a piece of paper, we own that. It's like you can yeah. you can fight it. My but they, they're gonna tie <laughs> in so many legal fees. Like they, you can go to court and fight it, and you might ultimately win that case because you created the music, but you lost so much more, you know, like, like your life messing oh, yeah, with like Suge Knight. Which, yeah, it's, it's what's, what's my man from the Five Five Beats that was hanging cats from the from the my office hours from nine to five. That dude, it's like, you know, like uh, <laughs> I own Ray, the record label. Ray, what is it, Ray? Yeah, Ray, Ray. Like, I own the record label, <laughs> so I, I technically own you. And it's like, you know, it takes another business savvy i mean who knows what what uh matt's p had to give up to get snoop out of that deal but it must have been worth it for him to get him out of the situation and it, it must have been worth it because he he felt like snoop 
was like a living legend at that point. Like, and he was at that point. Like, Snoop had the pedigree and he had the resume for him to be like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in that situation. You should be able to take care of mm-hmm. yourself and your family based on the work that you did with Death Row and you know whoever. Yeah. So it's like, in, but also, should, like you said, John, there's been no no mention at all of any beef between Master P and Suge. So there is a question of what did he do to right. really have him, all right, you can have him. I'm done with him anyway. Like, is that is that the the science behind it? Or was it like, dog, you're going to pay me 5000 a month for the rest of life? I mean, tell anybody, you know, it, it'll it'll be worse. So you, we don't know what Master P We don't know. Do. Yeah. Which is, but which it's not is, like Master P ain't got it. It's true. And that's the thing. Master P's like, yo, I'm trying to help this man get his freedom. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll pay it. All right, give me 1.3 mil. All right, done. Whoa. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, give me 1.3 mil a year. You know what I mean? Like, you, we don't know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Logic announced that midnight on Friday... At midnight, July 24th, he'll releasing his final album, No Pressure. Um, leading up to this album's release, he announced that he's retiring from rap to focus on fatherhood, tweeting out, it's been a great decade. Now it's time to be a, a great father. Thoughts about Logic's last album and if he's actually retiring or not? Let's start with Jay Hill. <laughs> I mean, I listened to the project. Um, I've only done really one clean listen through, but... It's to me typical logic. Like I don't know if if anybody on this uh, show is a logic fan or have checked out any of his previous work. I think he's a very good lyricist. I think he has really good like punchlines. Um, I think his content is what's always interesting. That's with rap in general. Like he sang on his last album before that. Like he actually made a Sinatra type album is what he thought he was doing. You know, he was like, I don't, I'm gonna do music, you know, cause I want to be a musician. So I'm learning piano, I'm learning this. So he wanted to be a musician as opposed to a rapper because he was in the, of the mindset of, I don't have to rap, I can do whatever I want. But this album is more so about the music industry and the demand of it um, when it comes to family. And I think he just got a divorce as well, or his wife just filed for divorce maybe a couple months ago. So I think he's seeing the strain that the music did to his personal life. And a lot of his lyrics are just like, I'm in the supermarket trying to find baby wipes for you know my son. Uh, and then I, I, get, I get approached by a fan to get a picture. I'm kind of frustrated, but I go for it anyway because I love my fans. So, I mean, it's, it's literally like real life shit that he's rapping about, but at the same time, you're like, okay, what else you got? And that's his argument. I don't have anything else. I'm a father now. I'm done with this. I've done all my, I've done all my, I'm from Montgomery County. I grew up with crack. I grew up biracial. I've done those rhymes over and over. That's how you know me as the biracial rapper. I don't have anything <laughs> else to say. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say, so I'm done. I don't think okay. he's done. I don't think he's done. I think people who say that they are retiring are saying that so that when they make a, a comeback, they'll have even bigger fans and it'll be an, it'll be an anticipated. Yeah, I think comeback. it's temporary. Yeah, um, I can agree with that. I, I think uh, I don't know Logic's 
music all that much. I do. Uh, I the stuff that I have heard to me doesn't sound as original. I mean, there was an album that I heard maybe like four years ago. He sounded exactly like Kendrick Lamar. It was right after um, "To Pimp a Butterfly" came out, mm-hmm. and you know he. I, I feel like he piggybacks off of what's hot. Um, and maybe he does want to change. Maybe he does want to become a musician. But so, just just again, also again, to I, keep don't, mind, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't. I don't really listen to him at all. So to keep him to keep in mind is to to transition from rap. He signed a seven figure deal with Twitch, like seven figures. Like, like I can stay at home, raise my son. So is maybe, he a gamer? He is a gamer. He's and a that's gamer. what he's going to be doing. Oh, right. So he's going to be playing video games for Twitch and making money? I don't, I, don't have, I don't have to go anywhere, man. I can make an appearance every now and then at a, at a conference. I don't have to stay on tour for six months at a time. I mean, you got to kind of tour with games. But ultimately, I can stay here. Here's what's going to happen. Wait, 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 wait. But so here's the question. Who wouldn't take that fucking deal? <laughs> like, right. That's you true. Wouldn't take that's that true. deal. <laughs> That's true, but here, here's, here's what's going to happen. We're all, we're all Sign me up. <laughs> we're, we're all working musicians, right? We're all professional musicians. If Twitch hit any of us up and was like, hey, man, listen, you can just stay at home for a year and just play 2K. And we're going to pay you, we're going to pay you like $2 million to do so. Just to play right. 2K. All you have to right. do is log on and say hi to a couple people. I got bases behind me right now. Ching, ching. My house. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, tours and festivals in the United States are going to be are canceled at least until this time next year. This motherfucker is going to be on Twitch, making a lot of money, doing nothing, Yo, raising his kids. Move. He's Very going smart. to he's going to miss it whenever yeah. this whole wait, wait. pandemic ends and people get back out on the road. I'm telling you, look, when we start to tour again, when we start performing again, venues are going to sell out. And the fact that his popularity might diminish because he's no longer on tour and he's not out there and he's just online, people are not going to be in the house anymore. Yes, maybe from now until next year. He'll be making. He'll be getting his money's worth. But when this pandemic is over, people are leaving the house. They are going to. Uh, uh, they're they're going to uh, uh, Bonnaroo. Yeah. They're going overseas and and going to festivals overseas. He's yeah. going to miss it. He's not going to be staying at home on Twitch on Twitch all day. He's going to leave the house. He's going to be like, you know what? That whole retirement thing. I think it's time for me to come back. That's just my you know, you know what's funny about what you just said too, John, is like he signed a deal with Twitch during a pandemic. So it's not like he can go anywhere anywhere. So like he can't he can't do shows. Yeah. He can't that's do, what you know, I mean. The only performances yeah, right. that you can do are online, really. Like with without the risk of you like becoming a part of the, the problem of why the pandemic is starting. So it wasn't like it was like a groundbreaking thing. They offered him an opportunity at an opportune time. And right. he would have been stupid not to jump on it. Not like, to it take would, it. Yeah. yeah it'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> I can't do the stuff that I would normally do to make money anyway. Like, right. So you're just supplementing my income. Yeah. You're not, interrupt, you're make, not interrupting my flow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
you know, it doesn't make sense for you to be like, like it would, it would be the, 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 I guess the draw or the, like the, the way you would be able to tell that he was really done with what he was doing is if he just turned down everything and be like, no, nah, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Right. I'm done with it all. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Like, yeah. still you still want the entertainment, you still want the entertainment limelight. You just don't want the musical entertainment limelight. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then when it comes back around, when you can't do it, then you will do it. Or, you know, you might, you might do something else. Like you might do a couple cameos here and, there, and then you get that itch again and like, oh, you know, like he he's saying right now, he don't have anything to write about, which could be true. Like you writing about like being stuck in the house might not be your niche, but when the opportunity to get back out of the house again and do yeah. stuff and like be out becomes like the thing of normality, it might make more sense to keep the deal with Twitch and, you know, go back out and do your tour and stuff. Yeah, because you come back out, you come back out as an independent artist, and you use your your Twitch platform. You're gonna have millions of followers from doing that, mm -hmm. and you use that to promote your stuff. You do it as an indie artist and just make some money, make your own money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he gets out of because the record was released on Def Jam. Um, through like yeah, his next record will be released indie, his own thing. You yep. know, wait a couple years, drop something. You know, for your fans. All these people that are looking at yeah. you streaming. Yeah. yeah. It just it just seems like it's super convenient to say I'm not gonna do something. Yeah. You can't <laughs> and you can't do it. Like you can't do it anyway. So like I, I don't wanna make music right. because I technically can't perform. Most of the time we don't know what we are and aren't going to do. I mean, he's a young man and his opportunities, you know, will present themselves to him as his life continues and his feelings will change and you know how life goes. I mean, so he could honestly feel like he's walking away. And a lot of times people who do that honestly walk right back. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we're all in a general consensus that he hasn't retired. He's just taken a hiatus from the music business, <laughs> which happens mm -hmm. from time to time. We all have artists that we love. You burn up. Hiatuses, and it just, it just, it becomes a rejuvenating uh, process into creation. So we, I mean, mm -hmm. Even with that being said, wish that brother the best. You know, he has a, he has a family, wish his family the best and wish them all good health. Um, so to wrap this podcast up this week, fellas, we're going to add a new segment, um, uh, artist of the week, and this can be artists that you that you just got hit to, or artists that you you loved for years, and you could talk about the record or the records that you have been listening to for the week. Uh, I'm going to start with John. And we can make it really brief and, you know, just tell people what you're listening to and what's, what's inspiring you this week. Um, so I'm going to uh, go ahead and mention uh, an amazing artist from New York. Um, he's a French-Colombian multi-instrumentalist named Gabriel Garzon Montano. Um, and I first heard of this dude in 2014. He's got two LPs out and he's got a single out right now called An An uh, Aguita which is a very trap uh, Hispanic um, Hispanic jam, but it is quite different than his LPs. His LPs are very musical-based. musical, musical based. It's got that Jay Dilla, almost Robert Glasper feel to it. He's an amazing musician, um, but I think he's trying to find his pop, his, his pop culture theme right now with this new single. So Gabriel Garzon Montano is my artist of the week. All right, that's dope, that's dope. Trey? 
Um, so I'm all over the place. Like I'm just listening to all kinds of stuff. But uh, one that I've been listening to this year is um, my, uh, I call him big brother. Uh, one of my mentors, Mike Phillips, saxophonist. He's, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. He dropped, <laughs> oh. a, he dropped a cover, a cover album he took um, called pulling off the covers <laughs> where he just covered a rack of stuff. It's a real cool album. Um, he doesn't put out albums that often. So when he does, I'm like listening, um, you know, and checking it out and it's right. a real good one. So yeah. Shout out Mike that, Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's my bro. Yeah. <laughs> Jay. Um, I'm about to I'm about to mess the whole game up. So, with the invention of YouTube, now everyone has been able to transfer stuff from uh, audio cassette or CD onto YouTube. So I fallen down the rabbit hole and I'm listening to old junkyard PA tapes. Hey, <laughs> let's go. Wait, okay, let's so go. I'm you going to, back wait, to the icebox. You got to explain to the yeah, people who so, to, to your, to your know fans you're in about. Cincinnati. We are from <laughs> the Washington. <laughs> see what I did there? Yes, yes, yes. I see what you did. Cincinnati. So, <laughs> it's Cincinnati. Um, I'm taking it back to my go-go roots. WKRP. Where I used to go visit. WKRP. You know, go see Groovers and go see Jump. But I'm listening to old, like, Junkyard, junkyard band tapes with Bugs. And then I'm listening to some Groover stuff with Jamie Jeff. And it's oh, it's, really, it's surreal, right? It's surreal to go back down this road when you know ain't no more cassettes, but everything is accessible now. It's like, oh, I remember this. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. I remember I remember that fight that broke out mm-hmm. and all oh, dude yeah. got hit with the bottle. Yeah. And um, you know, you dude got stabbed. Takes you back. It takes you back, man. So that's what I'm wow. I, that's what I'm, I've been listening to. Just the nostalgia yeah. of childhood. Shout out to Jamie and Jeff, too. No piece groovy. Uh, yeah, you know, man. It's, it's funny, man. I was I was actually talking about this with Trey on Twitter a couple a couple weeks ago. Like two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Jimmy Haslip. Uh, a Jimmy Haslip yeah. record that came oh, out. I listened to that record like over the last that. couple days, man. It's really cool. Okay, yeah. I gotta, I gotta listen to that. So Jimmy, Jimmy Haslip is a bass player from the famed group, the Yellow Jackets, and um, I've been a fan of the Yellow Jackets for a very long time. Um, I just mainly between the years of like '85 and '99, when the the crew was like assimilated and they 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 made a lot of hit records, they won a lot of Grammys. Um, just that, just that sound that they created. And um, around 1993, Jimmy came up with a record called The Art, um, using a lot of the same players, but he had tapped into some other musicians. Uh, and that record was really dope to me. And then he came out with the, the record called Red Heat. And Red Heat is a, a record that for a while I couldn't even find. I couldn't find it. And then, you know, through Apple Music, I just happened to go on. I was, I was mm. talking to a fellow bass player, um, Mark Foster. And we were just trading off our, like the records that we were listening to, and I, I pulled up Jimmy stuff, and I was playing some of Jimmy stuff, and then I just sold the record in my iTunes, and I just went and played on. I was like, "Look, it's a dope record. If you if you it's not it's not like a bass player's record necessarily. It's like it's very musical, and um, mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're being like forced to listen to like bass solos for like seven or eight tunes. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not one of those records. It's like it's it's actually it's a cool record." So Jimmy Haslip's Red Heat is a record that I I would would be he would be my artist of the week and that would be my record of the week. All right, Gino Vanelli's on that record. 
Yo, listen, it, it's, it's crazy. It's a dope it's, record. It's tapping into so many things, man. It's like, you know, it got the 80s vibe, but it also has like yeah. the current feel to it. So it's, it's a really dope record. So there you have it, people. Um, once again, this is Sports and Things. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. We have Trey, Ely, John Lane, and Jay Hill. Signing off to next time. Make sure you check our podcast and subscribe to the stuff where you can find us on Twitter. It's uh, is sports at is sports and on Instagram it is at sports and things. See you next time. Check you out next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach us on Instagram and Facebook at sports, S-P-O-R-T-Z underscore and underscore things, T-H-I-N-G-Z. And on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.